calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune into the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. See? You feel it? You feel it? It's on to the break of dawn. If you don't mind, I will begin at the beginning. It's a new day. Let's get going. One, two, three. Bad boy! Four, five, six. V.I.G. Forty-year-old Wesley Scott picked up on two warrants had a dirty little secret. As deputies booked him into the Pinellas County Jail, he removed three syringes from his behind. After retrieving the syringes, deputies tell us Scott claimed they didn't belong to him. What do you got in your lunch today? Oh no! Oh, your mom told me she packed your poop sandwich. I don't want a poop sandwich. First of all, I don't know why you already are so against poop. What about if the bread was made of candy? I would still not want one. Really? Because it has poop inside. But it has candy on the outside. And now... Tom Brady is old! He's the greatest. Yes. Everything shows it. Every record you can look up. There's no one that's done what he's done. He always finds a way, doesn't he? He sure does, Tony. And the Patriots have added another chapter to their legacy. Our feature presentation. Welcome into yet another all-new Kevin and Bean show. This time it's a Monday, and it's the 4th of February. Hey, kids. Hey, Bean. We down a man? Yeah. Um, what did you do? <laughs> well, there he is. Oh, there he is, yeah. We're good. <laughs> did, did, uh, did we get a visual on Kevin making the flight back from Hotlanta? I believe he actually is at the Atlanta studio. He took the wrong oh, turn. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, I, he, I, for, he I, forgot. I can't guarantee he's here, though. Uh, like, at all. No. No. In California. Correct. He took the flight before us. But that doesn't mean he landed in California. You're right. Doesn't mean he got on the right plane. Correct. Correct. All right. Good <laughs> he point. could be in Caracas, Venezuela right now. <laughs> for all, for Quite the know. turn. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, um, that game really put the super in Super Bowl, didn't it? Oof. I mean, I was. I heard that the over under on points was 56 and a half. Yeah. How does Las Vegas that spends a billion man hours coming up with what they think will happen, the most knowledgeable people in the world about every aspect of a football game, how do they get it so wrong? How does nobody how, how does nobody see what's going to happen, I guess is what I'm asking. Well, I, they, it's always Is it a dumb question? Well, no, because when I look at over-unders, I, I usually am always surprised. I'm like, man, they got close there. Like this, Most of the time they get close. Yes. This was the first time in... I guess recent Super Bowl history where mm-hmm. it was just so off. Mm-hmm. And also like no one that game was just so painstakingly boring mm-hmm. that I feel like that's nothing you could predict and that's what got us at 16 points or whatever. Like right. you would never predict a game that slow. Especially because with those it's never, two never happened. Never before. happens. And often they're both offensive powerhouses really. Right. But apparently they're both defensive powerhouses too. You know what? Let's we'll save game talk because we have Andrew Siciliano coming up right after the top of the hour, and I have a bunch of questions for him about this because he knows as much about football as anybody. Yeah. Instead, let's talk about Maroon Five. Oh. 
The, uh, the L.A. Times this morning had Patriots 13, Maroon 5, Rams 3 as a headline, <laughs> yeah. which I thought was very funny. Um, I have to ask, did we all agree to hate the halftime show before it happened and it was just confirmation bias and it was it was that it seemed that bad to us because we wanted to hate it or was it really that bad i think with uh, do you remember the Bally, bro- you didn't see it right i didn't see any of it oh, but good lord i looked at twitter mm-hmm. i would break up as a band if i was them <laughs> i'd be done uh, yeah they should never look at their social media no. again that's for sure i wouldn't say i went into the bruno mars super bowl halftime performance a bruno mars head uh, I I didn't expect a disaster or anything, but I wasn't thinking I'd be into it. And then I loved it. It was so good because he's mm-hmm. great. Because he's great, mm-hmm. and he helped turn me into more of a fan. Mm-hmm. But so I guess expectations being low probably could have helped. That could have helped. Sure. Uh, but, but this is what I was wondering. I mean, like like Cat put on her social media last night. You all had your halftime takes written a week ago. You know what I mean? Like she she. It sounded like she was saying you guys. What, planned to hate Maroon 5 and mm-hmm. there's nothing they could have done that could have changed your mind. I saw that, but I didn't have that. <laughs> I didn't have that. Like, I wasn't gunning for him. I, right. I thought I was hoping they would be fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were they were they? the opposite of that. They but, were. Okay. Yeah. And, and I'm trying to figure out what went wrong because it's not like they weren't trying. It's not like they weren't upbeat and doing energetic versions of songs that have been, you know, number one hits. Mm-hmm. Why was it so bad is what I'm trying to figure out. I never thought that – I didn't think we'd have a problem with Adam Levine singing. I thought that he was just like a good singer. But it was so hollow. It Like oh. there was nothing going on in the song. It felt – their their music hasn't aged well. It kind of sounds elevator-ish at this point. If, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. like the easy listening aspect of their music has pulled out a lot more than maybe like contemporaries in their genre, like John Mayer or whoever. Like their music sounds wrong. Even their hits, huh. Even that's the what I songs mean. that were hits were dull. Yeah, it was. They're very. They're hollow. It sounded like they were very sped up too. Yeah. Here are some of the words being used to describe Maroon Five. Uh, and by the way, if we have any morons listening, you're a big Maroon right. Five fan. We'd that's love to hear we from you. Call the fans. Uh, uh, empty, boring, basic. Sleepy, skippable, unfulfilling, unnecessary. And that was from Adam Levine's mom, just so oh, you know. No. That's rough. Um, I, I thought that uh, Travis Scott showed them up for even in the 40 seconds he was up there. I thought uh, he came off and, really good. And the 20 seconds that wasn't beeped for language. Yeah, that's true. I am, I'm slightly sad that they really gave nothing to Big Boy. I thought that was kind of a bummer. Same. Yeah. I would like to see. He did forty seconds of that song from twenty years ago, yeah, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here are some of the uh, here are some of the tweets uh, yesterday during the uh, Maroon Five halftime show uh, from Ben Sassy. Please put your shirt back on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> was it if they had played another song? Would Adam Levine have been nude by the end of it? Because it did seem like every song he piece took off another piece. article of clothing. It was yeah. like it was like a strip poker. But game you know what on. was weird? Back to Jensen's point is when he took off his shirt, it just felt like why? Because that's what. You do when you're performing? Like, there was no... He wasn't so into it, whatever. He was so sweaty, he had to take it yeah, off. Yeah, nothing like that. It was, was like, no reason. Okay, you know, I've seen people take off their shirts before. I'll do yeah. that. Maybe he's like, you know, some mom right now in Nebraska, this is what she needs. Probably. This yeah. is for you. He looked like if the guy in Memento had to remind himself to wear an affliction shirt. <laughs> oh. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, God, I got to remember that. Uh, Allie, your friend Katie Nolan. Uh-huh. Super Bowl halftime nipple rules feel inconsistent. <laughs> All right, not wrong there. Here's a uh, Catherine Van Arendock. As a person who spent much of high school starting group projects three hours before they were due, I know exactly how that halftime show happened. <laughs> oh, no. This is, insane. This is awful. They Ken were Jen- awful. Ken Jennings, uh, Jeopardy champ. 
Mitt Romney thought that halftime show was amazing. <laughs> uh, Chase Mitchell. I don't know Chase. If you don't great like comedy this, writer, yeah. Uh, is he? Okay. If you don't like this, you're going to hate the end of the halftime show when Adam Levine Fs your mom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was brutal. Yeah. Uh, Noel Murray. Back in the dressing room, a sweaty, shirtless Adam Levine stares at his tattoos, brow knitted, still no closer to solving the mystery of his own murder. <laughs> <laughs> David Cross, friend of the show, funny man. Maroon 5 is totally letting the music speak for them. <laughs> Kate Aronoff, can't wait to raise Adam Levine's marginal tax rate to 90%. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is good stuff, right? Yeah, I was surprised to see friend of the show Mark Hoppus come out against the halftime oh, show as well. Oh, what did Mark say? Uh, let me find it. I was like, whoa, Mark, who is uh, very difficult to get to say anything bad about anyone. Yeah, he's very generous when it comes to other musical artists, for sure. Uh, was basically, let me find some. Oh, uh, he he just, I'm bored. You know, he retweeted Gritty. <laughs> the greatest mascot of all time. Uh, pretty dope that Adam Levine is such a huge Blink-182 fan that he has a California ta- he has California tattooed across his stomach. This halftime show is worse than when my parents got divorced. <laughs> From Mark Hoppus. Woof. Uh, a couple more. Errol Dumas. It's cool that they gave the halftime show to that music from the dentist's office. And finally, Alex Sulkin, one of the funniest people on Twitter. I kind of wish I had never called anything terrible in my whole life so I could have saved it for this <laughs> halftime show. Oh, yeah. And he was there. Oh, so he was. he was seeing that in person. I wonder Oof. if this is one of those deals. And we'll ask Andrew this when we talk to him. Because, Kevin, you have said being there in person, sometimes the halftime shows are way better. Oh, it's always way better. Just because you get to see all whatever they're doing with the lights and the crowd. Well, when you're watching like the that. TV, you are just you can see to the left of the TV and the right of the TV. When you're there, there's, there's stuff everywhere. Mm. I mean, it's amazing to look yeah. at it. Wouldn't help this one. But it was amazing. You don't think, so. you don't think people, were there, people there thought, oh, that was fun? No. Yeah. I just, I can't figure out what went so wrong. Do you think... They are a dull, dull band, Bean. They may have radio hits, but they're a dull band. Don't they sell out like Uh. Stable Center and Forum every single time they come? Obviously, have lots of fans who will pay to go see them. We always say that the point of doing the Super Bowl halftime is that you get, you know, your streams just go jacked and people start buying your music again. Do you think that's not going to happen this time? I would... In other words, do you think anyone became a Maroon 5 fan? As oh, no. Not only became, or they were before and kind of they dropped off whatever, so they remembered, oh, mm. I want to buy their stuff now. No, they went back home and burned it. Really? Burned the stuff they had. I almost wow. wonder if they were trying too hard with too many things going on, too, with a stage that was so crowded. But it know? didn't look like they were trying, even. Like, he I was felt just... like they, that's, that's been, I, I don't think you were here at the very beginning, but I that, was my, that was my point, is that I felt like they were trying really hard. Mm. Energetic, lots of, you know, lots of, it looked like they put a lot of thought into the show. I'm just trying to figure out how it felt so short, why it was so bad. It's not like they went out there and were bored or were lazy. I mean, they were doing the best they could, I thought. I actually think so, also. But I think the music isn't there. At, it didn't age well. Like, I, I get what you're That's saying. That's the about, biggest problem. Yes, people going to Staples Center, they're not... I don't think they're going for moves like Jagger, but maybe they are. But they're going for a large catalog. They've been around for now 20 years. Right. Mm-hmm. And some of that music just doesn't resonate, in, at least live, in 2019. And and that, that showed 
remarkably. I mean, that makes sense. I'm not a Maroon 5 fan. Mm-hmm. You're not a moron? So, a moron. 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 Yeah. So, um, you know, I didn't really think much about it. I haven't seen them in a long, long time. I just expected it to be, okay, well, a lot of people like them. Maybe they'll be good. Do you yeah. like them better when the shirt was off? Oh, man. That was <laughs> right? sexy. Yeah. I, said to my, uh, I said to my wife uh, last night, we were watching it, I said, uh, you know the Foo Fighters were in Atlanta, and yep. <laughs> and they played the night before. They couldn't have figured out a way to maybe change the dates on that and have Maroon 5 play the night before and have Foo Fighters play the halftime show? I mean, there were a lot of people in town. Yeah, right, right, oh, right. That's crazy. But that would have been Agreed. a phenomenal halftime show. Yeah. Because we know how those guys capture a stage. And they have the hits to do that as well, where they just play three, four songs. And they could have done the Joan Jett Nirvana thing that they've been doing live. Mm -hmm. So that could have been one of the features to do a Nirvana song. So much better. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that. And uh, as I mentioned, Andrew's coming up, so we'll talk talk the game itself uh, in in a bit, too. Let's talk about today's Kevin and Beach show. I'm not sure that's worth saying out loud. Andrew Siciliano, being just mentioned. Uh, Herschel Walker, we interviewed when we were in Atlanta. So we've got fascinating that dude. He really is. He's done everything. He was in an Olympic bobsled team. He sure was. That's just insane. Uh, we also have tickets to Muse. How about mm. that? We have great news because it is Monday morning. We've got a uh, complete Super Bowl recap. We have beer bug interviews on the red carpet at Muggs was on fire in Atlanta, guys. He was something. Yeah, he was great. Excellent. Uh, and also Mark. Paul Gossler. Oh, I love him. MPG. Right? MPG's the best. In the studio this morning, we'll take a break. We'll come back with what's happening next. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Just saying they were in town. That band. Yeah. Yeah. In Atlanta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Playing Saturday night. Wouldn't have been, uh, huh. wouldn't been hard to, to book them. No. They, they want to do it. Hmm. Would have said that. Dave's yeah. told us that. Would have kept the shirt on. Hmm. Would have kept the shirt on for sure. Allie, I'm just curious ahead of what's happening here. Yeah. Uh, since you gave up uh, football at the beginning of uh, this season, mm-hmm. this would have been the first Super Bowl you haven't watched in many, many years. Mm-hmm. What did you do instead? Whew. Or I, uh, did you watch it? No? I did not watch okay. it. No, I caught up on a bunch of television that I've missed, which was mm-hmm. delightful. I took a nap until about... I'd say about 430 Oh, during the halftime show? No, oh. during the beginning of the show. I see. Or team, uh, game, whatever. Yeah, just didn't miss it at all. Could hear my neighbors across the street, though, uh, cheering. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say snoring. No. no. Could hear them cheering randomly, so I'm like, wonder who they want. The uh, You've been a Patriots fan your entire life. Yeah. And still, no, still but she doesn't team. watch the NFL, B. Still love the team. No need to watch it. Okay. It's cool. I've just... That's uh, that's remarkable willpower mm. to know the team you've loved your whole life is in a Super Bowl and to not uh, just take a peek. I wish that carbs treated me the way the NFL has treated me. <laughs> like, stay away from carbs. <laughs> but no, no willpower there. Well, yeah. spoiler alert, uh, they, they want to they get they? They it. That's good. I, I was very happy that uh, Edelman won MVP. That's exciting. I hope yeah. he shaves now. He does look like a mountain man. He's a mountain There's man. There's yeah, no face the, anymore. I've never seen beard. a big. I've never seen a bigger beard on Adam. I did. I did forget that when they would show him, and then they'd show his sort of like uh, stock photo underneath mm-hmm. him. I was like, oh yeah, he's totally great looking. <laughs> yeah, he's like yes. a, he's like a model. Right. <laughs> like, I forgot that part. How does he grow hair that well? Do you think? Is it Don't well know. though? 
I mean, well, yes, it's, it's just it's so much. It's yeah, a mess. right. It's a mess. Yes. It's just a mess. Well, yeah. I I feared he has been homeless. I feared <laughs> he's been living on the street. Huh. That's what it looked like. It looked like that's Julian Edelman who had lost his house a year ago. I also do want to address that it is the first Jewish Super Bowl MVP ever, and probably uh, the only ever. That's exciting. Yeah, wow, we don't, we don't I have, didn't realize. Don't that. have many other options. It wasn't even close, though. He deserved it more oh, than yeah. anyone the, else by it's far. Either him or the punter. Yeah, true. Right. That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, what a uh, boring game you guys just described. Right? By the way, punter. Allie, that's not a joke. I wasn't making like a joke. That if they had a second MVP, it would be the punter. Jim Nance said, "This game just got exciting after a punt." Oh, not, <laughs> not even kidding. Sweet lord, that's not good. <laughs> that's how it went. Yeah, you it picked uh, you picked the uh, the right year to not watch. That's all for right. sure. All that's right. right. Well, let's not eat up uh, all of your time. Andrew Siciliano joins us to talk more Super Bowl after the top of the hour. First, Allie's got what's happening here on a Monday. Guys, it's Monday. It's early. I want to give you something. Happy Death Day to you is in theaters on February thirteenth, but. How would you like a pair of passes to the K-Rock advanced screening of Happy Death Day at AMC Burbank? Kids love it. They love death. Oh, February 11th, you guys. This is a college student, Tree Gelbman, becomes the target of a mass killer when she wakes up in an alternate reality when the psychopaths start to go after her inner circle. She soon realizes that she must die over and over again to save her friends. This isn't the same girl that it happened to, is it? Oh, no. <laughs> this poor woman. You're all going to die tonight. Every time that she goes to bed, she's like, here we go. Now there's another movie? <laughs> oh, God bless you. All right, let's take colors one through five right now at 1-800-520-1067. And you are going to get a pair of passes to the K-Rock Advanced Screening of Happy Death Day to you at AMC Burbank, February 11th. Nobody saw movies this weekend, you guys. Super Bowl weekend. You mean no one in general. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh. I I saw the upside. You did? Finally, yeah. Look at you. All right. Well, it was the worst showing for Super Bowl weekend in 19 years, which tends to be a really slow weekend anyway at the box office, and among the top 20 slowest weekends of any time since 1997. However, Glass, still number one on the charts for the third week in a row. They brought in $9.5 million domestically. That's $88.7 million in their 17 days out. By has the way, there ever been a movie that fewer people liked that has been number one for longer? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's doing pretty well overseas, too. $199 million total, which isn't bad. Coming in at number two, The Upside, $8.6 million. What did you think, Kevin? I thought it was really good. Yeah? I was a little bit surprised. I knew it was going to be good, but mm-hmm. it was uh, really funny, and it was also had a lot of heart. I, yeah. was, I was sort of surprised by that. It was really good. I Look loved the original. Review. I'll tell you that. Miss Same. What, was there an original? <laughs> yeah, this was a remake of a, a movie called The Untouchables. Oh, from a few years ago, Kevin Costner, yeah. Chicago, fighting the right mob. No, no, okay, no, different. All right, very different. Kevin Hart scared me away from this one. Why? Kevin Hart. He was great. Was he? Yeah. Did he yell about being short ever in it? Did he say any uh, homophobic slurs? <laughs> he did not. No. Okay. He was really great. Did he speak louder than was necessary? No. Okay. Of, occasionally, sure. Okay. He was great. Uh, coming in number three, Miss Bala. Okay. Saw the trailer for that. Looks great. Okay. Hadn't heard of it until Me I neither. saw the trailer. Until I just read that. Yeah. Uh, number four, Aquaman. Number five, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. But by the way, you guys, Deadpool 2 officially overtook Deadpool with $784 million in earnings, making wow. it the highest grossing title in 20th Century Fox's roster of X-Men movies. All right. All right. 
It's not often that a second movie overtakes the original, is it? Or I guess it is if it's just. I don't uh, know. Yeah, we we not get a weekend of Bernie's too. Oh, well, sure, I mean, way that better was than a, one. Yeah, it's a way better movie because he dances to Jamaican reggae. You guys remember that? <laughs> oh. Do I? He's like, he just body flows. Wish you could see what he was doing uh, right now. Doing the Bernie, baby. Yeah, that was real good. <laughs> So, Ja Rule, he's he's had a rough couple of weeks since both the Netflix and Hulu documentaries were released about the Fire Festival. You know, he had he played a big part in that festival being a disaster. So, he took a preemptive strike against some criticism Friday night at his concert in Jersey. He decided that he was just going to nip that criticism in the bud. So he told everyone in the audience, listen, we're not going to do this every night. So just put up your middle finger, repeat after me. <laughs> F.U. Jaw Rule. And then the whole crowd chanted yeah. F.U. Jaw Rule a few times. And then they were good. But I have to say, uh, you all paid to see Jaw Rule. So do you get any say in being mad at him about yeah. Fire Festival if you paid a ticket to see him perform? Oh, I thought you were just embarrassing them in general. Oh, well, that too. Yeah. That's the underlying theme here. You <laughs> yeah. paid to see Jaw Rule. But it's not often that you get to go see a concert and whoever's performing has you just kind of yell at them. Well, that is odd. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know the uh, the full story of the Fire Festival, and I only saw the Netflix documentary. Mm-hmm. I feel like Ja Rule got off pretty easy yes. to not Big be time. in jail yes. compared to the other guy. 100%. Yeah. He, it seemed to me like he was in from the beginning mm-hmm. as a promoter. Yeah. Yep. So he really, as far as I'm concerned, got away with one. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, Bean. I agree with you, Bean. Jensen? Thank you, Mr. Know-it-all. There you go. Hey, some birthdays for you. We love him. Rob Corddry. He's wonderful. The best. He's the greatest. Bean? Uh, 100% cosign on that. All yeah. right. Love, love, All love, right. Love. Oscar De La Hoya, Alice Cooper, and Hannibal Burris. And that's what's happening. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. This is exciting. We don't know how long we'll have Andrew Siciliano because, as I understand, he is at the airport in Atlanta currently boarding his flight oh, good. on the way home. So we may have him for 30 seconds or we may have him for the full report. Hey, Andrew, how are you, man? Is, is this the first? Has anyone ever come on the show? Good morning, guys. And uh, been boarding a plane while doing it. I'll give you yes. a dollar for each minute that you don't board when they start yelling at you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally about to walk on as we speak. And uh, then we have like 40 minutes sitting on the ground. So we, we can fill the whole hour. All right. Uh, okay, great. So, Andrew, um, I guess the first question is yeah. what happened? Yeah. Um,. It, yeah, the give Bill Belichick all the credit in the world, and truly, truly, truly do mean this. Um, his defense the morning was fantastic, and they kept throwing looks at Jared Goff, where he didn't necessarily know where the blitz was coming from. They changed coverages. They it, it, they used every single trick in the book to confuse the Rams quarterback. And still, with all that said, it's not all on Jared at all. Brandon Cooks catches that ball in the fourth quarter. We have a different game. Yep. Still, the fact that we had in the fourth quarter the Rams one play away from tying and or winning this thing is just absurd considering how poorly they played offensively. Yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, Todd Gurley, to me, still looked mostly injured. Everybody claims he's not, including I know Todd. They, I know they keep saying that, but they sure. But they also kept taking him out of the game. Yeah, he wasn't playing. Oof. He was yeah, their workhorse it, for the first, how many games, 10? How about since the day he got there? 
Yeah, he was looking to like break a single season record yes. this year, and then he's barely in the or all at least a, not relevant in the Super Bowl. All of a sudden, he gets a few, you know, a few runs, and then they take him back out. I don't. I think he was injured. The whole thing is confusing to me. I'll be honest with you. Um, people that, that do not lie to me with the Rams swear he is not injured, um, or at least not to the point where he's going to be affected. This was let's see, sixteen twenty. This was the Rams' 23rd game of the year. Granted, Todd did not play in any of them in the preseason, but nobody is, quote-unquote, healthy at this point. Right. But mm-hmm. they maintained that there was absolutely nothing holding him back physically in any way at all. Todd said after the game that he is not going to have off-season surgery. So, I gotta you know, be honest. would I be stunned? i got to be honest. Day? I think that's a lie. And I have a question for you about that. All okay. the money that's bet on the Super Bowl, let's say it was a lie. This is just hypothetical. If they're lying about his health, do people have an option to sue them for being... Like a class action lawsuit? Yes, because they're putting so much money on that game. Um, and if I mean, look, they were lying, yeah, I, I would su- suggest they do. Sounds like someone lost some money. <laughs> sure does. Uh, someone, <laughs> like, somebody dropped a, dropped a grand. Someone won like. $550. First Somebody, of all. Somebody's okay, been sorry. texting with Sweet James. <laughs> Technically speaking, there was, look, there was no one on the injury report, including Todd Gurley. He was not doubtful. He was not questionable. He was not probable. He was merely not on the injury report right. is there. The league takes that stuff very, very, very seriously. Like, for example, if nobody shows up on the injury report, let's say you're not listed as being injured, and then all of a sudden you don't play, team gets fined major money. So I believe that it's not significant enough to put him on the injury report. Does that mean he could might have only been 85%? Maybe. But still, he should have played more. It's an enigma. I have no idea. I mean, he barely played the last three games of the season, including the Super Bowl. Right. So, uh, well, he was legitimately hurt then. I know. I know. That's what yeah. I'm saying, is that I assume that he, that continued and they told no one. Andrew Siciliano is on the line. He is the host of the NFL Network's Up to the Minute and DirecTV's Red Zone channel. Hey, are you um, are you wasting a uh, first-class seat, Andrew, at your height? <laughs> oh. Oh my God! No, I'm serious. I mean, that's a that's I a valid question. It's a legitimate answer, question. The answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> you, there are going to be there are going to be guys that are six five that are going to be walking by you and giving you the stare of death as they see you taking up that big seat. How tall? Are, how tall are you? Six six. Okay, so Michael Thompson, my uh, you know my my former, former radio, radio partner, partner yeah. great Laker break, great Laker Laker broadcaster, he would give me the same garbage every time yeah, of course. Like, what, i'm supposed to feel bad for you yes yes <laughs> all on. right a- andrew Why? i have two more questions for you one is yes. um and i thought the uh, the cbs halftime show was real rough on tom brady talking about how poorly he was playing he wasn't yesterday. playing that good it, and, and i was wondering what your thoughts were on that i mean he did his he, he was, did enough to deserved. win it was, deserved, was right was not a, was not a great play. game for tom now, Wade Phillips' defense, give it all the credit in the world, for three quarters they held up as well as they could. The Rams' defense was on the field for 44 plays in the first half. Yeah. That is absurd, and nobody can keep that up. And in the fourth quarter, Josh McDaniels said, we're going to play power football. He's the Patriots' offensive coordinator. Came out with two tight ends, came out with a fullback, and ran right at an exhausted Rams' defense. They held the fort for as long as they could, and in the end, 
they could not hang on. And no, Tom Brady didn't play well in the first half because the Rams' defense was all over him. Julian Edelman can't be covered. He can only make so many plays. He's the MVP for a reason. But other than Julian Edelman, until the fourth quarter, they got to Tom Brady and they did their job. And that's what's so frustrating is that the Rams score so many points this year. Their offense has done so well this year. And then on the biggest stage, the other guy said checkmate. Yep. Well said, sir. All right, last question. We were talking some time ago on the Kevin and Bean Show about how awful Maroon 5 was as a TV viewer. We were wondering how it went over in the stadium. I see. I, I'm curious what you guys thought there, because in the stadium, I thought people liked it. That people loved when, when they, you know, a Big Boy came out, too, from Outcast. Sure. And mm-hmm. I, people, I, I thought people loved it. It was awful. Come on. Uh, no, no, I'm telling you, it was the most uninspired, boring, dull, pablum thing I've ever seen. Really? Yes. Yeah, it was it was very hollow, Andrew. It was like it made the game seem energetic. <laughs> but this See, is why this is why we we're asking. If you're in the, the if you're in the game. building, it's a different it's a different deal. Andrew, yeah. you think that we're projecting our hate of, of the um, band? But I'm saying I don't hate him. No, I, he was I, saying of the game. He's like the game. Oh, was of so the bad. game. You think the game was bad? So now I think the band is bad. See, like a couple, yes, exactly. Nah, the band was bad on, all on their own. I was looking for some salvage. I was hoping that they could save the game. But no, it's Maroon 5. See, a couple of years ago, Coldplay in the building just felt, ugh. Right. And usually, they in concert are really good. Agreed. If you like their music. Yeah, agreed. That was, yeah. The, that yes. was a Beyonce cameo, right? That yeah, was That ended yes. up being okay. And I'm not a Coldplay fan. I watched yeah. it and was like, that came out all right. This was, uh, this was karaoke, guys. Andrew, thank you for another wonderful season of appearances on Mondays on the Kevin and Bean Show. We always enjoy your insight. We always enjoy how generous you are with your time. I hope you have a safe flight back, and I hope that we, uh, you know, don't have to wait a whole off season to talk to you again, my friend. Guys, uh, you are the best. I love coming on with you. Thank you for always having me. I'm sorry if I did not make sense on my final appearance of the year as I slept <laughs> 90 minutes and just waited in an hour-and-a-half security line. Sweet. I was in line as long as I had slept. Well, go ahead and put that seat back and just take up as much room as possible. <laughs> uh, I'm going to bang the guy's knees behind me. Excellent. All right. See you later, Andrew. Have a safe flight. Bye-bye. Good night. It's Kevin and Bean. K-U-Rock. K-R-O-Q. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a huge deal, you guys. City Sound Vault presents Muse at the Hollywood Palladium. We've all seen them and know how amazing they are. I never thought we'd have the chance to see them in a venue that small again, though. So a pair of tickets for you right now, if you can get past just a second. Long version or short? I'm sorry, I wasn't ready. Uh, You know what? Let's go for the whole thing. Long. Just a second! Kevin, you want to explain the game to the callers on hold? We are going to play the first second of a Muse song. Mm. All you have to do is tell us what it is. We'll play it for you twice. Okay. And then you have to answer. And that's right. it. And if you get it right, you go uh, you go on hold. If there's more than one winner, we'll do a drawing and find out who's going to see Muse this Saturday night at the Palladium. Who's our first contestant? Richard in Glendora. Good morning. Morning, gentlemen. Now, Richard, we're looking for all Muse fans for this contest. Do you apply? Yeah. I'm ready for this. Okay. Good luck. One more time. Uprising. 
Sticking with uprising? uprising? All right. <laughs> Sorry, it's Starlight. Oh. That is Starlight. Go ahead and listen. Here's some advice. Listen to it twice, just to be sure. <laughs> he hung up before I even could. <laughs> he did. Javier <laughs> in Los Angeles. Good morning. Hey, how's it going? Good, thank you. You ready for your song? Yep. Play, play it for you twice. Here you go. One more. Supermassive black hole? Yes. That is how it's done, my friends. Nicely right. done. We are, we are one in one. Who's up next? Floor in Koreatown. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Are you ready for... Just a second! <laughs> yeah, go ahead and All right, I'm going to play it for you twice. Here you go. One more time. Night of Sidonia. Yes! <laughs> Very impressive. Very Nicely impressive. done. Good job. All right, Javier and Floor in the drawing. Someone wins tickets to the Palladium to see Muse, courtesy of City Sound Vault. Who's next? Go to Whittier and say good morning to Dan- Daniel. Good morning. Hello. Hey, Daniel. Going once, going twice. All right. Freaking Daniel, right? Hate oh, hate like that Daniel. guy anyway. Uh, James in Pasadena. Good morning. Hey, what's up, Kevin and Bean? I'll tell you what's up. Just a second. You ready? I'm ready. Play it for you twice. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> One more time. Madman? Uh, hold wait, on. Wait. Hold a minute. Say it again. Madman. Oh, oh, dear. Oh. Wow. I what? don't. You don't get that. I it's, don't think it's close oh, enough. I'm sorry. Because it's madness. Not Mad Men, it's Madness. Mad Men was a TV madness. show, dummy. Oh, come on. Uh, what do you mean, come on? <laughs> it's not our fault you said the wrong name. <laughs> All right. Sorry, dude. Got to let you go. Sorry I called you a dummy, but I mean, madness. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to uh, Robert in Huntington Beach. Good morning. Good morning. Are you ready? Yes. Play it for your choice. One more time. Uh, undisclosed desire. Yes. You sure it's not Breaking Bad? <laughs> Nicely done. All right, let's see. Where are we going? Jacob is next from Montebello. Good morning, Jacob. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, thank you. You ready? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> Play it for you twice. Here we go. One more time. Oh, God. Um... Uh... I can't think. Um, time is running out. Mm, I'm sorry, that was resistance. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. All right, we have time for one more. All right, let's make it Caesar and Hawthorne. Good morning, Caesar. Good morning. You ready? Uh, yeah. All right, here we go. One more time. Uh, uprising? No. Sorry, map of the Problematique. That's a great song right there. I got to tell you, I lose that contest. I know I every too. song well. I yeah. love every song. I lose that contest. The only one I knew was Mad Men. All right, Javier, <laughs> Floor, and Robert all in the drawing. Uh, City Sound Vault presents Muse at the Hollywood Palladium this Saturday night. It is sold out. You can win tickets every day this week on the Kevin and Bean Show, including right now. Who's our winner, please? Well, the winner is Javier. Congratulations. Way to go, Javier. Way to thank go, you, Javier. Thank you, thank you. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> 
Thanks for playing the game. Just a second. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. We are. Hold on. I got to turn on my mic. Do you know? How are you doing? Do I? <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> we got a chance on Radio Row to talk to a lot of people. One of them, a fascinating guy named Herschel Walker. Mm-hmm. Uh, just before this interview, I did have to go get Bean, though, because he was sitting at Major Tom's table, like 50 feet away. I think it's Major it, Laser. Major, no, it's like, Major Garrett, I'm you guys. sitting here with Herschel Walker. Where's Bean? Major Tom. But he, he finally got back. Herschel Walker? Hello there. How did we get to meet you? What happened? What lapse in security has occurred that we are sitting at a table with you? Well, they told me I had to be on the best uh, morning show in L.A., so I said, I better come out here. Because Where are maybe, they? Yeah, I was like, hey, I ain't so I came to you guys. <laughs> um, man, we have so we're so delighted to have you. I have so many things we want to talk about. And I and the very first thing I want to say is I've never gotten a complete answer to this. How many sports have you played, Herschel? I played a lot of sports. I, I played I played basketball, uh, track and field, MMA, uh, football. You know, well, one of the things uh, I think people got to remember, I'm, I'm one of those throwbacks. Right. You know, that uh, I did a lot of sports where in today's life, and most now kids have to play one sport. They can't, right. they can't play a lot of different From sports. From a young age all yes. the way through and, high and school. I, and which I think is wrong. I think today young kids should play a lot of different sports because, you know, you may have a dad that wants this kid to be a football player and push and push and push and be a football player when he's sitting there with a Hall of, Rank, Hall of Fame baseball player. Who knows? So I think kids should get an opportunity to get out and, and do a lot of different things, not just play with one sport. Tell me about bobsledding. And what a strange left turn that was for you, or was it? Uh, it was. No, it was very <laughs> strange. I happened to get uh, have be friends with a guy by the name of Willie Galt. Willie Galt played for the Chicago Bears. He's from Griffin, Georgia. Heard of him, yeah. As and Willie Galt asked me uh, that he loved me to try for the bobsled team. And, you know, me being an athlete, oh, I'd do it, I'd do it. Never thing he ever called me to do it. And when he called me to go try out for it, I didn't even know what the bobsled was. So I decided I was going to go to Lake Placid and not try to make the team. And when I got up to Lake Placid, there was a lot of people there that didn't like me that hot because they felt I shouldn't be there because I was playing for the Minnesota Vikings at the time. I was a professional athlete, and they thought I shouldn't be trying out for a You were showboating, they thought. And that's exactly right. And, and, and so I said, if they want to compete, we can compete. <laughs> and I ended up making a team and ended up going to Altenburg, Germany, becoming the number one pusher. And that's how I ended up on the bobsled team. And I was I absolutely loved it. It has I, to be I one of the weirdest things that's happened in your life. You've had a lot of weird stuff. I have. Olympian, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, probably the weirdest thing ever. Ha- oh, weirdest thing ever happened in my life. Uh, bobsledding's up there. Yeah, bobsledding is up there. But you know, uh, you know, I delivered my son. You I, did. Yeah, I was a doctor right there, but I delivered my son, Christian uh, Alexander Walker. And I remember looking at him so proud of myself because I'm like, I got a little boy, and I was so happy. So that may be the weirdest thing I've ever done. <laughs> and I have also have delivered a couple other babies because I also work in law enforcement. So I was doing a ride-along with uh, a couple of officers in, uh, in Dallas. There was a young lady that had crashed on the side of the road, and she was having a baby. And I delivered her little girl. And stuff, and so I, I've delivered some other kids. I think you might, you might be more of a cop than Shaq is a cop. Well, I, I may be because I'm a real cop. I'm not sure what Shaq was doing. But he's a TV I, I cop. Oh, he's a TV cop. <laughs> but I love to be a TV cop, so I always want to be in Law and Order. They wouldn't have me on. Oh, you got to be on that live PD, man. Well, no, I want to be on Chicago PD now. Oh, I've asked them about putting me on Chicago PD, but no one has called. I wait by the what? phone. Oh, no you're one so ever, handsome. They got to put you on there, well, right? I, well, I, that may not be it. I'm not sure. <laughs> All right, true or false, you in some capacity, either now or in the past, worked for President Donald Trump. Oh, that's true. Really? I, I, I worked 
Uh, he was my first boss I ever had. And a matter of fact, uh, you know, uh, when in 1982 we started together, uh, he's been my friend. Uh, you know, little Donna and little Ivanka, uh, I've taken them to every amusement park, Disney World. So, you know, they've been friends. The whole family's been friends. What was my that friends. first job that you got uh, with he, him? He owned the USFL, and he owned the New Jersey That's Generals right. that I played for. You played for them. Yes, I played for them, and we became friends at that time and been friends ever since. You keep in touch? Uh, we do. And what's strange about it is when he was president, he appointed me as the chairman of the President Fitness Council, which entails to work with Health and Human Services. So one of the things is we're trying to incentivize uh, our young people to start exercising, to start working out. Why is he so fat, then, if he's friends with you? Well, he's not really fat. Everyone thinks it's fat. Okay. You know, he wears that bulletproof vest. And one of the things I tell people all the time, you know, eating burgers and stuff is okay as long as you pay the price for it. So I just got to get him in there in the gym and work him out a little bit, get him to stop drinking as much Coke. It's okay to drink Coke. Okay. I tell people all the time, it's moderation. Everything right. is moderation. I don't feel like you're going to be able to train him. <laughs> oh, no, I can work with him. You know, I'm one saying thing, you could, uh, sure. Uh, yeah, I can, I can work with him. One thing about him is I tell people he is a great, great man. I, it, it is sad that we're at the point we're at in this country because this country was built on laws. This is the best country in the world. It was built on laws. And I think we forgot about that. We forgot about the respect. And I said, respect is very important. Well, I respect your opinion. And you gave us a great transition when you talked about getting him in the gym because you were an MMA fighter at one point in your career and you are now heavily involved with Bellator, which is blowing up like nobody's business. You know, we just gave away a bunch of tickets to that Ryan Bader fight the other day, yes. which was a huge event for the for Bellator. And you're promoting two other fights coming up. Uh, yes, I do. February the 15th and 16th. Uh, you know, I tell you, uh, Fifth Ascent has has put a million dollars up for a welterweight tournament that's going on. So Paul Daly is going to be fighting MVP. Matt Mitrione, who's a former NFL player, going to be fighting Caritano. And I tell you, there's a lot of great fights coming up. And I tell you, Scott Coker, I tell people this. I fought when I was in college. A lot of people don't know I played on Saturdays, went to church Sunday morning, fought in Taekwondo tournament Sunday afternoon. I was a fifth down uh, martial artist, Taekwondo martial artist. But I remember when I wanted to do MMA, and uh, Scott Coker came out and said, Horse, I'll tell you what, if you go to a good gym, I will get you a fight. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, I know how to fight. But then by, because he's made me go to AKA in San Jose, California, where I trained for 10 months, almost six days a week. I trained for 10 months, almost nine hours a day. And you were serious, like, I'm going to. I was going very to serious, and I wanted to do it. And I realized that Scott Coker saved my life. Because when you step in a cage or, or an octagon with these professionals, you better know what you're doing. And I tell you what, having that Taekwondo bike ground would have not helped me at all. But having an opportunity to go to AKA really showed me how to fight. You are the most interesting man in the world, Herschel Walker. Well, I don't what get in. Life. I don't get anything. I can't get on Chicago PD. <laughs> I can't ridiculous. get on Judge Judy. I can't believe any of that. I don't think you want to be on Judge Judy. <laughs> oh well, I told everyone Judge Judy is my favorite. I watch her all the time. That's where I got my law degree from. Is watching Judge Judy. <laughs> well, we're on in the right city to get to get somebody's ears to start casting you on some of these shows. Yes. <laughs> all right, Bellator MMA is where you want to watch. Doubleheader Friday, February fifteenth, and Saturday, February. 16th Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. See it it's, on the it's perfect for Valentine's Day. It certainly yes. is a lovely couple event. Bring your wife or your girlfriend to the Bellator fight and y'all can celebrate. I reckon that wouldn't be good, but it, that'd be red somewhere. All right. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Herschel. Hey, thank you guys. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. And now a moment with Beer Mug at the big game. What was it like going to Wisconsin and being drafted Fifth, right? Fifth pick by the Green Bay Packers, man. Actually, I got drafted by the Saints. That was a moment with Beer Mug at the big game. Uh, the news is so depressing. 
Mm-hmm. It's just so depressing. Especially if you're a Rams fan. <laughs> well, that too. But just in general as well. And that's why Monday mornings we created great news. When you wake up, all you hear is bad news. So bad it makes you want to hit the snooze. Kevin and Bean can make that go away. It's time for Great News Today. Great News! I will start off the great news. Uh, So last week, there were temperatures plunging, uh, insane temperatures. In Chicago, they were like in the negative 20s, negative 30s. That's without the wind chill. That was just straight up temperature as you go outside. That's the Arctic Circle. That's what that is. It was was insane. Um, And more than 100 homeless people in Chicago unexpectedly found themselves with food, fresh clothes, and a place to stay after a local real estate broker intervened. This is a woman named Candace Payne, 34 years old, just made a spur-of-the-moment decision to help. She said it was 50 below, and I knew they were going to be sleeping on ice, and I had to do something. So she contacted hotels, found 30 rooms available at the Amber Inn in Chicago for Wednesday night, 70 bucks per room. She then put on her Instagram account. Keep in mind, this is a real estate broker. This isn't a huge celebrity in Chicago. This is a real estate broker. Mm -hmm. Puts on her Instagram account, hey, if anyone can help transport people, let me know. She soon had a caravan of cars, SUVs, vans with volunteer drivers. She wound up making um, bags, little toiletry bags with food, prenatal vitamins, lotions, deodorant, snacks, little care bags for people as well. She said she spent about $4,700 so far on rooms and other materials. And then... The 30 rooms doubled to 60 rooms. They were only supposed to be occupied until Thursday um, when temperatures became a little bit better. So, um, When it became a zero so that exactly, they could really live? Exactly. So they could sleep on the sidewalk again? <laughs> but um, with all the donations that she received, more than $10,000 so far, she was able to house people in a hotel and feed them until yesterday. Restaurants were donating food. So many people were calling the different hotels to help as well. But here's, here's why I bring this up. This is what her quote was she said i'm a regular person it all sounded like a rich person did this but i'm just a little black girl from the south side i thought it was unattainable but after seeing this and seeing people from all around the world it just tells me that it's not that attainable we can all do this together this was a temporary fix and it has inspired me to come up with a more permanent solution so as she's giving this quote to the New York Times, she then had to go take a call on the other line. It was the governor of Illinois calling oh, her. Yeah, just I'm to, sorry. Know, I got to talk to the governor. I got I to talk to the governor right now because <laughs> I basically did one of the most amazing things all on her own. Just decided yeah, that's amazing. This, isn't, this isn't good. We can't have these people sleeping out there in these temperatures. So What, what I love about stories like this is it, some, it oftentimes just takes one person mm-hmm. to have an idea and then there's a snowball effect where other people go, oh, yeah, I'd, I'll be a part of that. You Absolutely. just need to get, kind of get it started. And then people are basically, uh, you'll find people that are pretty generous Pe- and willing to help. People Agreed. want to help. You just have to give them a direction. And if Absolutely. they believe in it, they just open their hearts. It's amazing. Absolutely. So Candace Payne from Chicago, you are my great news. Uh, mine comes out of South Carolina. A boy was tossing the football up in the air by himself in his front yard. Well, that's sad. When a Somerville police officer pulled over and gave him a ticket. No, get, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, pulled over and began to play catch with him. Oh, 
It was really bizarre because you don't see that all that often as a police officer in the front yard playing catch with your kid. Why doesn't the kid have any friends? It was, well, I don't know, but. It seems stay, like yeah, stay on target. That's the me. opposite of yeah. great news. Well, no, I'm just wondering if he des- if he should be alone. You know, I mean, he deserves to be alone. Oh my god! Wow. Go on, Kevin. Uh, an eighth grader at T.W. Uh, Hunter School in Nashville uh, was playing catch with himself. The police officer basically just saw him and pulled over and started playing catch. The mom videotaped it on her camera and sent it to the police station and said, "I just want you to know." This guy is doing great work. And get him off my lawn. Right? Get right? this man he off my lawn. Permission. What a weirdo. And then it, it goes on to say that he was like, uh, the kid didn't think he was serious about playing catch. Like maybe he would only do it one or two times. Mm-hmm. But then the guy said, going, go longer, go longer, go longer. So he was really serious about it. And the kid was never heard from again. Oh, no. I mean, <laughs> I, don't mean I don't mean that. I don't mean that. Police car truck. <laughs> I mean, but that's a fantastic, like just a selfless. He wasn't looking for any... Praise. He yeah. wasn't going to tell anybody. Just saw a kid and wanted to play catch with him. That's nice. Yeah. It's very sweet. Wait, I think lots of police officers do lots of things I agree. they don't get credit for because they genuinely go into that line of work because they want to help people. And that's my great news. That is great news. Ruby Kate Chitsy is her name. She nope. is 11 years. Yep, that's her name. Okay. She is 11 years old, and she spends a lot of her time at a nursing home near Harrison, Arkansas, because her mom is a nurse practitioner there and brings Ruby into work. So she also likes hanging out with the residents. But it occurred to her when she approached a woman in a wheelchair who was weeping after she saw her dog, who had just visited her, walk away, that, she, that this woman would love to see her dog more often. But there's... It's hard to organize. It's hard to have people, you know, go by and scoop up your dog and bring it in to visit. It costs money to get a pet sitter to bring the dog. So she started thinking about it. Little Ruby started thinking about it. I wonder if there are other residents who need simple little things that would be that would make their stay here in a nursing home more tolerable, mm-hmm. but they just can't afford them. So she decided that she was going to start a Facebook page called Three Wishes for Ruby's Residence. Her mom helped her set up a GoFundMe account, and she started asking residents what things that they want, what things would make their stay at the nursing home better. And she was amazed, and Kevin, this is going to ring true with you because of the work you do with your charitable foundation. She was amazed at how small the requests were. Yeah. A new pillow, uh, Dr. Pepper, for instance. Fruit. One at resident said fruit. She hadn't had a fresh strawberry in eight years. All sorts eight of little years. things. years. Yes. Oh, wow. Simple pleasures of eating food from outside the nursing home. Sausages were a popular request. Um, others asked for books. Most of the books they have at the nursing home there are castaways from, uh, from thrift, thrift stores, for instance. Um, she, like, like I said, set up a GoFundMe page and has raised over 70 thousand <gasps> wow ruby and has expanded the campaign to other nursing homes in the area so she is helping elderly people all over that part of arkansas with little things that they just can't afford it turns out that the average nursing home resident although their room and board is paid for only has about 40 dollars of discretionary income oh. i don't know where that number comes from but that includes, you know, that's if you need to get a haircut or wow. if you need, you know, certain toiletries or something like that. That's what you that's all you have. So really, you're on a tight budget for the most part. You can't afford a lot of stuff. And she just talks about how every day that goes by, she just gets more and more excited to see how big this thing is getting and how many more people she can help. And I mean, she's 11, you guys. It's amazing. She's yeah. 11. And just like in Allie's story, you know, people in the community are jumping in. You know, McDonald's gave away hundreds of Happy Meals, for instance, because... 
you're in a nursing home, you're not going to McDonald's. No. Just something as simple as a burger and fries is just going to change your day up. And she says residents that never smile, they just melted. Nurses are crying, family members. The joy was written all over the resident's face. I just love this little fifth grader, Ruby Kate Chitsey, 11 years old. And the Facebook page is Three Wishes for Ruby's Residence, if you want to check it out there in Arkansas. And she is my great news. The Kevin and Bean Show, the world-famous K-Rock. And now, a moment with Beer Mug at the big game. We got the left. We got the right. We got the left, we got the right, we got the right, we got the left, we got the left, we got the right, we got the right. Test, 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 test. That was a moment with Beer Mug at the big game. (laughs) Beer Mug is the best. He does good work. Kevin. Yes. We're going to take uh, calls, by the way, on uh, any aspect of your Super Bowl uh, Sunday. Uh, Any topic. The game, the halftime show, the snacks, the commercials, the national anthem, whatever you want. Call us. one 800 The laundry you ended up doing when you got bored. Right? Sure, right. The Netflix you watched it yeah. after about the second half, uh, second quarter. Mm-hmm. So any topic Super Bowl related from yesterday, if you have thoughts on anything at all, we're welcoming your calls at 1-800-520-1067. But I wanted to start with, I saw your tweet yesterday. Um, Which one? The one where you won money on the national anthem, <laughs> I the over under on that, and I know that's a big deal Glad with you. And money. I know you look forward to, you look forward to betting on that every <laughs> single year. Uh, walk me through that. All right, so there's an over under, mm-hmm. and it's a minute fifty. Okay, so uh, one forty seven yesterday, I believe. Okay, so if you take the over, as long as she goes one forty seven or over, you're mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. So we had a, a minor controversy when the person keeping the clock. Didn't start the when the music started. That's but that was one of the things I was going to ask you about because I was going to time it and I didn't know whether it, when the the song starts technically when the music starts right. But does the bet start technically when Gladys Knight starts singing? It's all it's I, the anthem. Okay, I think it's when she starts singing. I don't because two years ago they had a problem when Brave was repeated. This year she repeated Brave again, but they had already set that and casinos only paid out the first Brave. Okay, I don't know what you're talking about. So at the end of the song, Home of the Brave. Oh, right. And then she repeats The song you bet on has Brave at the end. So I was yelling at him. I was like, you have to start with the music. That's part of the national. And so he started with her singing and still she was over. Still went over. But man, when she got to the end, I was like, hold that note. Hold that note. (laughs) Do not stop. Oh, yeah. She said Brave again. Woo. Yeah. I I thought. Is that how you're supposed to act during the national anthem? It's not the respect, I think, that is called for. They think it's I better think than kneeling. So. She did a great job, by the way. I did, too. I did she too, was yeah. amazing. She's what, like around 75 or something like that? I thought she sounded great. And I also think when you're dealing with a soul singer, you can almost always count on the over. Right. right? If it's yeah. somebody who's famous for her voice, if it's a Christina Aguilera or somebody like a Gladys Knight or something like that, or a Beyonce, I think you know they're going to go for it. They're going to they're going to they're going to show what they got. They mm-hmm. know this is the moment that yeah, everyone's going to see. And bet and in your seventies, I'd bet the over, man. They're going to lay that out. Yeah, true. But they're you know what's happening? These people were going through all of her national anthems on YouTube from before, trying mm-hmm. to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Is that what you were doing? I Just graphing not. it? <laughs> no, I have, a, I have a gut. Oh, you know what I mean? Got I'm it. right with it. Uh, Did, wasn't there a game? What? I don't think. I don't know if it was a Super Bowl. Maybe it was where Aretha Franklin, her national anthem was like four minutes. Yeah, it's pretty like, sweet. She, just wouldn't stop. She like repeated herself <laughs> over and over. All right. So that was the national anthem. Right. Can you I tell you, you can I can I tell you my new favorite football player? Yeah. Sure. Like for reals, he's my new favorite. All right. Rams offensive tackle Andrew Whitworth. 
during his post-game interview, said this. And I could not sum up my life or the life in a Super Bowl better. Here we go. I don't give a crap if you have a Hall of Fame bust, if you're a pro bowler or win 20 Super Bowls. At the end of the day, we're all going to die. <laughs> that is I mean. the most beautiful quote I've ever heard. Honestly, honestly, I'm going to buy an Andrew Whitworth jersey <laughs> just, just to show you I'm a nihilist. Yeah. He, is, uh, he is not wrong. So. No, he's <laughs> not. he is 100% correct. He's not wrong. No. All right, Kevin, I want to hear more about the money you made okay. uh, on the other the bets. $550? Yes, and yep. only five of it was on the anthem. Give me some uh, Give me some Juan, please, Newport Beach line one. He wants to get uh, get going a little bit on the commentators for the game which was Jim Nance and Tony Romo, who America seems to be in love with. Juan, you did not enjoy their coverage. How come? No, I just, I don't know. Like, I know we all hate Joe Buck, but that, like, level of professionalism there, as far as, like, there was a play where, um, I don't know if it was uh, Tony that was talking about, oh, they shouldn't have ran that play. And then when the Rams ran it, he, like, he did this whole, like, oh. Like he was laughing at him. The I didn't whole hear time. that Very part. Biased. I didn't hear that part, but I did find it funny when his microphone cut out, and there was like five, six, seven seconds of dead air, and they had to go get him a new microphone. And he came back, and he was like, "I was saying some pretty good stuff." <laughs> uh, I disagree with you on, on. I disagree with you on every point, Juan. First of all, I think Joe Buck does a great job. Agreed. He is very professional. And second of all, Tony Romo is a delight. Not only does he do a fantastic job of explaining the game from an insider's perspective. But he also just seems like he's having fun. Yeah. He's not like old and stodgy and boring like some of the guys are. I I liked him a lot. And they didn't have much to work with. This are game, you a, true. That's or, true. Yeah. They really didn't. Are you a, uh, uh, do you hate the Cowboys? Is that where this could be coming from? Uh, partially. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. You're on the right side of that one. Yeah, you are. All right, I think the reason enough. people like Tony Romo, Romo is because he anticipates what should be happening next. Yeah. And he'll always say it. So I think people actually enjoy that aspect of it. We haven't even talked about fantasy football yet, but Araldo Pasadena line five, I think he's got a complaint. Hey, Araldo. Hey, guys. What happened? What's your complaint? Uh, my FanDuel was good, and then it all went to crap. Well, right. Uh, <laughs> his FanDuel. His FanDuel, yeah, his, his in-game betting, basically. So okay. what, what, did you bet, yeah. what did you bet in the game, Araldo? Uh, well, there was like multiple ones and I did like $1 ones, $2 ones, but I spent a total of like $12, which is all right. $12, Aroldo, what are you going to do? What, do you have kids? <laughs> are you destitute now? Are you out on the yeah. street? <laughs> no, I'm a college student. You oh, know? $12 nah. is a lot to you. I okay, get that. hard out there, yeah. I get that. Um, okay. Well, Ke- was... maybe Kevin can break you off a piece of his $550 to make up for the loss. And honestly, who cares? We're all going to die anyway. <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the call, Arado. All right, Kevin, what else did you bet on where you made all that money? There's a thing where you pick squares. Sure. You have to buy them for 10 bucks a square, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you just write your name in it, and then they randomly pull the numbers and put the ones up uh, vertically and the ones horizontally, mm-hmm. and right. then you have a number. Did and you have three and three? Yeah, I had three and three. Wow. So oh, at the end wow. of the first quarter, it was three to three, and then at the end of the game, it was 13 to three. Wow. So I won both quarters. Wow. 550 bucks. Not Amazing. bad. Baller. Right? Baller. Baller indeed, Bean. All right. 1-800-520-1067. We have uh, a couple of commercials that people are calling about. We have uh, someone mad at the halftime show. 
Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I misread that. We have everyone mad at the <laughs> halftime show. We'll take your calls next on K-Rock. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Just ahead of the band that should have played halftime because they were actually in Atlanta, the Foo Fighters. Let's take one call. Let's make it Tom in Santa Ana. Good morning, Tom. Hey, good morning. Thoughts? So um, instead of the halftime show, my buddies and I went outside and smoked a huge blunt that was expertly wrapped by my friend Ginny. And I got to say, it was a great show. Well, <laughs> I don't think you were watching the show the That's same way the we best. were. Yeah. He did have a way yeah. better halftime than we did, though. Well, I got to say, um, it was uh, while the show was about as slow as the game, it was really good. Okay, because you were so high. Because you were so high, right, exactly. We got you. Were Adam Levine's tattoos talking to you? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the call. We appreciate that. And now, a moment with Beer Mug at the big game. Will uh, you be able to recap uh, the game on the NFL Sunday Countdown? I have nothing to do with Countdown anymore. I'm just doing Sports Center. Mm. That was a moment with Beer Mug <laughs> at the big game. Was that Kenny Mays? Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> we are talking all things Super Bowl 53, 1-800-520-1067. Uh, I think Dan Pico Rivera Line 2 wants to get going on some commercials. We haven't really talked about that, and I want to hear from you all what your favorites were as well. Dan, welcome to the show. What's going on? Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Oh, my God. So did you get the message last night? The message? No, what's the message? Oh, the robots are taking over. The robots. <laughs> there were a lot of robot yeah. commercials. Way more than you would think. Yeah. What was with the like, what was the more. ad with the creepy robo kid that was trying to wake up the human? Did you guys see that yeah, one? Yeah, the it was a runner. It happened a couple times. It was like a Pinocchio kind of like this guy's trying to build a robot, but it has a creepy face. I don't the sad part is they spent all that money. I don't even know what the product was. Right. And it was frightening too. Yeah. Oh, they were all frightening, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No question. And then they kept showing that ad for that uh, that talent competition, that James Corden talent show afterwards with that robot that was playing the violin. Did you guys see that? <laughs> that wasn't a robot. She, had, that, she was. No, I saw her no, arm. That, that was a, was a that total was a, robot, no. but they put a very realistic no. Asian lady face <laughs> oh, no, on it. No, no, no that was, like, was a human being. Robots in a competition What's now? happening right now? What's going on? All um, right, let's go to... You, you guys didn't see that? No, uh, they no. did it or they'd be laughing. Okay. Let's go to Erica in Anaheim. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, let's see. I can barely remember what it was for. I think it was the Mint Mobile commercial. Okay. And towards the end, the whole family starts chugging chunky milk. Yeah. Oh, that grossed oh, me out yeah. so much. I gagged. Yeah, my everyone in my room, I had my family and some friends over, and we were all just starting to gag. Like, what are we watching? They were literally oh. chewing their milk. Oh. It was disgusting. Oh. It was so gross. Was I did awful. not see that one, and I'm so lucky. Yeah, yeah. you are. Oh. Uh, I guess it's good. You don't remember the product. Well, here's yeah, the, I don't know. I think this year, other than the game being very boring, which it was, the commercials also didn't stand out at all to me. Every year you come out with like two or three where you're like, that was really good. That yeah. was really good. I, I, I think maybe I like the Walmart one that had like movie vehicles in it. It was like they would have the Jurassic Park truck. Did you see that one, Bean? Yeah, I thought, eh, I thought that was yeah. okay. I like the—I okay. don't know if it's Microsoft or who, but the one where the head coach is thanking first responders. Oh yeah, I love that, that was one. fantastic. Yeah. And that's the coach of the Chargers, right? 
I thought That's Denver. I don't, I, I don't know. I also like the Microsoft uh, joystick commercial for kids who yes, uh, with physical disabilities with physical disabilities who can't use normal joysticks. That, I was, that was amazing awesome. too. That was, great. Yeah. that was a great ad. That uh, that first responder one was amazing because he's doing a motivational speech for first responders, and the way it read to me was that he did not realize that the men and women in that room were the ones that had saved his life yes. after a serious car mm-hmm. accident where he was hit at fifty miles an hour. And it dawns on him, these are the guys that saved my life. And he and he's practically bawling, as is everyone at home. Yeah. And it was just so well done. I saw a great. tweet about that ad. I assume it was that one. And the tweet said, I never really cared much about first responders till that ad. <laughs> Very satisfying. <laughs> um, I had, uh, I, lo- I loved that one. I also uh, loved the NFL 100, the 100 year yeah, so celebration good. of the NFL. That was NFL pretty good, yeah. Uh, yeah. Almost every superstar that's still alive in the NFL was in that one. I thought that was great as well. That was directed by Peter Berg. It sure was, yeah. yeah. Hey, who did the Friday Night Lights yes. movie, by the way. Right. Let's go to um, let's go to Chris in Anaheim. He's got a comment about the game, talking about Rams fans, line five, up next on the Kevin Bean Show. Hey, Chris, what's going on, man? Hey, good morning, guys. Is it just me, or does it seem like not too many folks in Southern California even cared that the Rams were in the Super Bowl, much less lost? Uh, I the think Dodgers that... the World Series... Well, the Dodgers, the Dodgers have been in town for 70 years, though. The Rams have been back for only three. I think it takes a while to build up that kind of fan base, and I think that most Rams fans kind of only got on board in the last couple of weeks. So how invested are they? Yeah. I don't think Rams fans only got invested. I think bandwagon fans only got invested in the last couple of weeks. Uh, also, Rams fans have been there. My, my wife made a great point where uh, she was like, we shouldn't even be here, really. We didn't, we didn't really win the last game. So it felt like we, we were on <laughs> Borrowed time Wrong. already. Take it, take it all day. Um, Kevin, I don't know how many Rams fans there are, though. I think a lot of the fan base dissipated in how long they were gone. That's possible. Yeah, I really do. I think they're. It's almost like they're starting over with a little bit of an advantage, but you know, in terms of having some people already rooting for the team. But I think that they are grow. It's it's growing. If this team continues to be good for a long time, I think there'll come a point where there'll be a lot of Rams fans. But I'm telling you what. That was a Patriots home game yesterday. Was, yeah. You could sure hear all... that with the crowd. Yep. Well, we said when we were walking through Atlanta, we saw no Rams merchandise. Literally. Literally. I saw not one mm-hmm. hat or jersey uh, until Muggs wore one. <laughs> then, <laughs> then we saw one. <laughs> all right. Let's close with one more. And it's because uh, I think we can all agree on Tara San Pedro, line one. Up next, our final call. Hey, Tara. Hi. Good morning. Hi there. Um, first of all, I want to refund on all the money we spent on pizza to watch the halftime show. That's the only reason we watched Super Bowl, because Cowboys didn't make it. And what the hell was Adam Levine doing performing for halftime? He was horrible. He looked uninterested in what he was doing. And then he took off his shirt. Right. And he looked a complete, you know what, a D-bag. Like, and then he had this big tattoo of California across his chest, like, do you not know where you live? Do you have to look down to remind yourself that it's you're from California? <laughs> I was so disgusted, and I couldn't even believe that they let that man on stage. He needs to be in a lounge in Las Vegas for 70-year-olds performing. I, like, would, you know, I, was, horrible. I was not prepared to hate him, and a lot of people are accusing me of that. I was not prepared to hate them. You wanted it to be okay. I just thought, okay, well, let's see what's going to happen. Right. I, don't, I wasn't excited, oh. but I also wasn't upset, but... They are the, what's that? 
I was totally upset. Everyone in our household was. We wasted well, like $60 on pizza. Well, yeah, after you watch it. Back. After you watch it, of course, they're the ambient of bands. It was horrible. <laughs> Adam Levine is so bad, he ruined pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. Let's see what's going on with Allie. Well, you guys, it uh, it wasn't a, a big... Uh, Big ratings bonanza, if you will, for Super the Bowl? Super Bowl. Yeah. It has well, it, hit it a... It come down to the last, like, five minutes of sheer excitement, though. Well, it it, it hit Did a it? ratings um, low. Oh. The no. lowest ratings in 10 years. People don't like punts? People apparently don't like <laughs> oh punts as, as much. What yeah. the heck? Not, not a real good situation. Um, this is the first time it's been on CBS since 2016. Ad spots going for around $5 million each. So not sure if they're going to see a big return on that. But they were talking also about um, how you want to be the show that they show right after the Super Bowl because it's always such a huge rating. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the James Corden-fronted reality series, The World's Best. And they were down 14% from last year's um, show that was shown right after the Super Bowl on NBC, which was This Is Us. So quite a dip from last year as well. Imagine though those the people the executives of that show thinking, yeah, it's oh, a no-brainer. Come on now, come right. on, be a better game. But yeah. how many people watch the Super Bowl and were like, well, I'm ready for more TV? Like I think at that <laughs> point, at least this year, you were just like, oh, I'm exhausted. Yeah, I yeah. think a lot of people they they count on people just leaving it on right. while you know the party's dissipating, people which, are leaving, which a lot of times they have in the past. Absolutely. But I know that last year's This Is Us episode, like, there were people genuinely interested in seeing that episode of This Is Us. So that was must-see TV for a lot of people that didn't even watch the game. So that's also a huge difference. I also have, look, this, uh, what's it called? World's Greatest? World's Best? What's it called? Uh World's Greatest, right? Right. The World's Best. It it could be tremendous. I just have no interest in any more talent competitions of amateurs. I just don't. I thought the promos were actually pretty good. I'm probably alone in that. The only thing that would sway me in favor of that show is James Corden. I think Mm -hmm. he would be a great host. I like RuPaul as a judge. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I taped it. I'll watch it. All right. Okay. What was it called again, Jensen? Uh, World's Greatest People. The World's Best. All right. Right there. (laughs) I mean, people above (laughs) average around the world. If you have a hole in your life, Kevin, for Drew Barrymore judging a juggler, go ahead and watch it. (laughs) I mean, that's right in my alley. I mean, that's what the show is. I do that all day. That is speaking to him right there. Absolutely. Bean, what what went down in your neck of the woods yesterday? I understand they had a big uh, boycott bowl happening. Look, I know it's petty. I, I do. Um, but New Orleans, really, the Saints fans felt like they got rooked by mm-hmm. not winning that game. Uh, with the, the NFC referee, Championship game. Right, with the referee being involved in the no-call, right? Mm-hmm. Many consider the worst no-call in NFL history. And the the decision was made from the, from the governor, John Bell Edwards, on down to just boycott the Super Bowl. And I know New Orleans is way too small a town to affect the ratings in any meaningful way. We only have about a million people here. But hundreds of thousands of people took to the streets yesterday. Uh, not in a riot kind of protest, uh, sort of a protest, but to make it a party. Basically, they had second lines and they had concerts. Yeah, marching they bands, food, they had dance troops, bands. everything. Yeah, and they were all out in their Saints gear. That's all the same over, as being at the Super Bowl. All over the city, not at all. Oh. And uh, hmm. that's just that's just what they did. I mean, it was just a it was just a citywide. Hey, there's so much fun stuff to do in New Orleans that doesn't involve watching a game that we should be in. So that's what happened. Okay. 
Well, it also helps that it was New Orleans. Like if that was sure, you know, yeah, Green ten- Bay, yeah, Tennessee. That just wouldn't right. have, yeah. wouldn't have flown. I mean, they made it, look. They, they this town. It doesn't take much to make a party. You know what I mean? Right. And, and they look for any excuse to do so, and that's what happened yesterday. I mean, I heard it all day long in the streets around where I live. I avoided it all. I didn't go out. Of course, you call, ridiculous. Yeah, sure. call the cops. Yeah. They're so mad. <laughs> they did make a lot of noise. It sounds like people are having fun, officer. <laughs> Get Stop out there it. and take care of it. Ah. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about um, a new show on NBC where you get to compete with your funny, a comedy competition. Do we need Do we need all that? That's what I'm saying. We're going to talk about that coming up in just a bit. But first, some birthdays for you. Alice Cooper, Rob Corddry, Oscar De La Hoya, Hannibal Burris, and one of our favorite human beings on the face of the earth. Happy birthday to Noodles from The Offspring. He is a dick. He is not at I'd all. I'd like to punch him in the face. Why would you say that? If I choose to hold He's your involved. purse while you go into the uh, dressing room. <laughs> Wait, are you <laughs> playing two in a row? No, no, that, who was it? Not me. Jensen, was that you? No, it was just me doing the Tom one, but no, not the second one. It was you and Bean. Yeah. I don't know. I was confused as hell. Guys, we did it. Kevin and I have a system here, Jensen. Okay. Don't muck it up. <laughs> oh, my God. Who the hell cares? Well, we care because we love noodles. We'll work it out. Yeah. Noodles will do better next time. We're not on the air yet, right? No. no. Not okay. until no. six. Good. That's what's happening. It's the Kevin and Bean Show, the world famous K-Rock. I never know how to ask an ex-athlete this question, but Mark Paul Gossler, since you're retired from the Padres, has it been tough to adjust to civilian life being out of the major leagues? I just went to hunting vampires now, so that's <laughs> right? what I do with my off time. The obvious just evolution. Just a normal, yeah, kind of yeah. yeah. switch. Sure. Career transition. Yeah. And I, and I know we have a lot to talk uh, to you about. We always love having you on the show, MPG, but I want to file a, uh, a protest oh, about pitch. No, about oh, pitch okay. being canceled. We were all great. so shocked by that. You know how a lot of times a show will get canceled and you go, well, I saw that coming. Or it'll have had enough of a run that you go, well, it kind of makes sense. I felt like pitch was happening and we loved it and we were super bummed out when it went away. Yeah, that was one of the uh, few projects that I've, I've had in my career where I was completely blown away by the fact that it was canceled. Um, but people just don't understand for broadcast television, which pitch was, we need you to sit your butts down the night it's on. Yeah. You can watch it on Hulu. You can watch it on Fox now. Look how I'm getting these plugs in. Sure. But you, can, but you, the the number they're looking at is the night it's actually on. You have to sit down. But who yeah. does that? Yeah. But yeah. Nobody does. I, that. Nobody does no. that. And and I feel like with pitch, the reason why it didn't jump over to like a Hulu, you know, to or, or Netflix, is because it was really super expensive to do that type of show. Mm-hmm. Whenever we played baseball on that show, they CG'd the ball in. So really, anytime it left someone's hand that was all cg'd why you're hit- hitting because why don't they just throw a ball because <laughs> if you hit a ball yeah. obviously there's crew around uh, right you may insurance. tag somebody insurance yeah. they couldn't uh you wow. know protect That's everyone so interesting. there was a couple times where like for batting practice or something that we could we could do it where actually, actually i was taking live balls right uh, well, that sounds kind of dirty. It did. <laughs> um, take, take a drink on that one. Uh, but for the most part, it was CG. So it was a super expensive show. That makes hmm. sense, I guess. But what doesn't make sense is what you're saying about you have to watch the night of because you know that. 
So do the networks and so do the advertisers. I Why know. have they not adjusted but expectations? Because it's it's an antiquated way of doing things. We're still doing things with the Nielsen ratings, which is that little box that people turn a dial on, yeah. I guess. You know, it's, it's <laughs> same. And like not every family same. has it. Yeah. Like, yeah. But the radio industry is the same way yep. in, a, in a way yes. with Nielsen. My we're wife asking used to people work to carry, We're asking people to carry beepers, basically. <laughs> yeah, <essentially>. basically. <laughs> but it, it's, you know, they, they don't care about that live same day rating. Right. Unless they're really good. Then they're like, well, look at our live look three-day right. ratings. They're right. amazing. Yeah. If they're not that good, they like, well, look at our live three-day rating, which is, you know, the the, the tabulated thing of, of streaming mm-hmm. three days later or the live plus seven. Well, this is getting boring, guys. Let's no, talk I about- know what you're saying, though. Yeah. You have had, you've been... Uh... I like that he called boring on himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm bored of you... this. I'm going to change my channel. You've been in show business since you were in single digits, and you've been in dozens and dozens and dozens of shows, and a number of them for multiple years at a time, right? So you've gotten to do so many different things, but I've never seen you in anything like The Passage. This seems like a first for you. Am I wrong about that? I've never done genre. Um this this character, you know, it's funny that I went from playing the grumpy guy on uh, pitch to playing the grumpy guy in the passage. Sure, I just shaved the beard. <laughs> so well, you have I, resting bitch face, Mark. Yeah. Well, that's why. I really do. I should I should really up the uh, Botox a little bit more. Kind of lift the brows up and uh, maybe inject it in my armpit so I stop sweating in every scene. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 an interesting. Uh, concept that I that I have never been a part of, but the 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 driving forces behind it, the Ridley Scotts, the Matt Reeves, our producers, the writing, the 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 um, you know, the, if if people aren't aware of it, it's the IP is based on a trilogy of books that are amazing. Um, but I read the script and fell in love with the character, my character with the girl, mm-hmm. uh, and saw that that was the heart of the show. And then you're like, oh, my God, there's also vampires or these things that we call virus. Yeah, explain the storyline to people who haven't seen it yet. So basically. And why you were so excited to work with the 12-year-old. Yeah, which is against. <laughs> she is great. Every, but honestly, like you in your career, you always say, I'm never going to work with animals or children. Right. And, and you make a great exception for this one because she's amazing. Yeah. She's brilliant. Um, it's a long story to tell, but we're telling the first quarter of the first book. There's three books. We're telling the first quarter, which uh, centers on Project Noah. They are a secret government medical facility that has been tasked with trying to find a cure for infectious diseases. All they, infectious they, diseases. All infectious diseases. Yeah. There's a pandemic about to reach our shores. They know that there's a cure possibly in the Bolivian jungle because there's a 250-year-old man living in the Bolivian jungle. But with, uh, uh, you know... Um, the ability to to live forever. He also drinks blood. Sure, I mean, there's that. Right. There's that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the locals call him a vampire. Uh, they go and extract the virus and uh, try to uh, make it work. Um, they pull death row inmates as as uh, test subjects, but each Ugh, time they that have, old story, that old trope, <laughs> have, that old trope, they have uh, worse and worse effects, and decide to uh, that that the, the answer is to to do it on a on a young person because young people. I'm not a scientist, but they have more neurons mm. and can tolerate this so much better than sure. adults. Yeah, and so they uh, my character is an ex FBI guy, and you'll find out why he's an ex FBI guy, but he's been. Uh, uh, hired to bring these death row inmates in and also bring this girl in. I got to tell you, uh, this is not necessarily going to sound like a compliment at the beginning. Um, (laughs) Saw the trailer, loved it, recorded the shows, hadn't watched any yet. Uh Then I knew you were coming in, so I was like, well, I'll catch up on the... It's fantastic. There's too much TV, so you sort of have to say no to a lot of other things. This one has made its way into my rotation. I appreciate it. Because it's great. But, dude, it's the same for us. Like, my wife and I, I don't know 
if I wasn't on the show, would I be able to sit my butt down on Monday's night at nine o'clock? There's mm-hmm. so much good television on. Yeah. So yeah. much. We just finished Narcos. I'm a huge fan of that sure. series. And then I can't wait for Game of Thrones. I can't wait for Stranger Things. There's so much good television. But to have this type of show on broadcast, it's free. Fantastic. It's free, yes. guys. Yes. It's free. You just what? have to sit your butt <laughs> What? But that's what I'm saying. You don't have to get, you know, pay $14.99 a month. You know? Right. You do have to watch commercials. I'm sorry about that. Now, but you had a... mentioned that this, obviously, there's three books. Yes. Have you read ahead All in of any? Them. Okay, I was going to say them. because they're amazing. I would be concerned if I took a role and then I hadn't read the second book. Like, I'm not even in the second book. Uh, that Oops. is my that is the case with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what? That is what? Uh, yeah. What? I'm uh, I'm sort of like a Sean Bean character. Yes. Uh, in Game of Thrones, where you realize hey, spoiler like, alert. Well, it's not really a spoiler <laughs> alert because people read the books. Right. You know, we we we're no, I meant on Game books. of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> haven't started well yet. Well done, sir. Meant to get to it. Well done. Um, but yeah, no, my, my character does pass away. Uh, it doesn't really pass away. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, we are filling in blanks. Like I said, the first our first season is the first quarter of the first book. Anyone who's read the books knows my character, something happens to him. Mm-hmm. We're going to fill in what happens from when... And she says it in the first episode. The world ends. So we yep, know the world's right. going to end. Yeah. The world ends to when it when society rebuilds itself 94 years in the future, yeah. there's a gap right there, and we're going to fill in that gap. Okay. Because the book goes from world ending mm-hmm. to 94 years in the future, and, and we're going to fill in the gap. We have to take a very quick break. Our friend Mark Paul Gossler in studio with us right now. The show is called The Passage on Fox. It airs tonight, you guys, Monday nights at 9, and uh, Mark Paul insists that you watch it live and in real time. And okay, it's free. And it's free, so do that for him. We have many <laughs> more questions when we return right after this on K-Rock. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. Q. Mark Paul Gossler, our guest in studio here on the Kevin and Bean Show. Always great to catch up with. His latest series is called The Passage. I think this one's going to stick. Monday nights at 9 on Fox. Definitely check it out. And if you're late to the party, what are we up to? Episode 4, I want to say, tonight? Episode 4 is tonight, Okay. Yeah. You can uh, certainly catch up uh, on demand and uh, and know where you're at. We're just talking off the air about, I was complimenting you on how great you are with a gun. And I was uh, on the show... And I was wondering if that was from your NYPD Blue years, if you just developed some actual real skill, skills handling handguns. Uh, well, I, I've, I've been around guns my entire life. My brother was a big gun advocate, big gun nut. Um, now he's in Idaho. Um, there's a few <laughs> few people with guns up there. Fair, That's where you got Very appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. very appropriate. Um, but no, I've, I've, I've always been around weapons and things like that, and obviously NYPD Blue, but never done tactical training. Tactical training is quite different, where you're actually shooting and running and and reloading and doing all this stuff um and for for research and i i threw this out there to the production not knowing if it would stick or not but i said i need to work with the guy that trained john wick nice oh wow and i said i'm gonna go that level and they said okay we agree and i said really okay wow <laughs> great so i went to go see this guy's name's taron butler he's out here in simi valley and keanu reeves both. and keanu reeves uh-huh. right 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 is he, wait it's john wick He's not. Oh, right, 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 my right, dad. Sorry. sorry. Then they killed your dog. And then they killed my dog. <laughs> right. uh, and then I got another one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I went to go train with this guy, and these guys are sick. They're crazy with what they can do. They're, it's it's unreal what they can do with shooting and reloading and all this stuff, and how accurate they are. Um, so I, I I did that, and I kept doing it. Um, they, I'm with Bean. When you watch the show, you look like you know your way around a gun without even trying. I felt well, you like you disarm a cop on the show yeah. in one second. 
Well, yeah, that was a, like a Jason Bourne type move. So sure. I, I spoke with Matt Damon about that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of research. Yeah. Uh, a lot of research. Not mess around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, with the gun stuff, I thought it was important. You know, it's too many times we see on, on, on screen that when you handle a gun, people don't know what they're doing with a gun. Yeah, so true. I just wanted to make sure that uh, there were no holes in my performance. Yeah. I mean, there's other holes in the performance. You know, I, some of the acting. You're not stuff. perfect. Not perfect. <laughs> Not perfect. Um, how long has it been since we've had vampires on our TV? Kevin, they're not vampires. Should... They're not vampires. Oh, they're man. not vampires. They're not. They're, they're blood sucking things that live forever, though. But they're humans that have been, you know, in, injected with a virus that drink blood. I know. I know. My character said this in I think okay. episode three, or like they drink blood. They can't go out in the sun. Why don't you call them vampires? <laughs> and the scientist goes, "Because there's no such thing as vampires." <laughs> I'm like, okay, they're called virals on our on our show. Um, but unlike the romantic vampires that we're used to, these things, uh, as the writer said, they're uber predators and they're fast yeah. and agile and they do drink blood. They're scary. But they're indiscriminate and they're scary, yeah. Mark Paul, what's the, uh, as an actor, you're, you played so many different uh, roles over the year. You had to acquire so many different skills and try to be believable in so many different characters. <laughs> Which one was the worst that you were the least believable at pretending to be that occupation or that uh, When that were job? you bad? Is this I, I, right. I think right before Pitch, I did a sitcom on NBC. Uh, and, and it was a great show. I really liked the show and I really liked the writer and the creator of it. Uh, DJ Nash, he's doing a million little things. I was just trying to play DJ Nash. And it was hard for me. It was, what was it the was show a, called? It was called Truth Be Told. Truth Be Told. And uh, it was a sitcom, and I thought, I'm going to get on a sitcom and retire. Right. Because mm -hmm. these things go forever. And we got oh, it on yeah. the air, and it got 10 episodes, and it, and it was canceled. It was with uh, Vanessa Lachey, Brescia Webb, and Tone Bell. These and why were you great... particularly bad on Truth Be Told? Because I just felt like <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't, I'm not good at comedy as, m I, I can't do sitcom comedy anymore i feel it's oh, a muscle it's a muscle it's a it's a technique that i don't think i'm good at anymore i used to be because that's what saved by the bell sure, was sure. Mm -hmm. um you know we, did, we filmed it in front of a live audience but since then most of my gigs look at that i'm, I'm speaking nice. like an actor nice um <laughs> have been you know just the camera and myself and not having to pump up an audience and not having to hit beats and timing and the people that are really good at it are so good at yeah, doing sitcom. Agree. Agreed. They're, and they make it look easy. I'm not a big fan of Tim Allen, but he can pull off uh, all uh, of those ridiculous <laughs> lines. What? And you think the lines that he pulls no. off, if anyone else tried no. it, it's, it's crazy. It's art what they do. It really yeah. is. I mean, I, mean, they, I wouldn't they hit, go that far with him, but I'm just but, saying. <laughs> but no, but but Kevin, I mean, they hit the beats yes. and they they mm -hmm. they know what word is funny and yeah. what's going to get the laugh and then how to react to it. It's a it's a it's an art in a way. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I agree. Um, and I just I don't feel I have that, and I try to do it on the sitcom. Uh, three years ago, and it just I, I looked at my performance. I'm like, that is, I'm not, I'm not this guy. You have low self esteem, my friend. Have you looked? Have you looked? <laughs> have you talked went, to anybody about it? It only went ten episodes, so <laughs> I, I was on to something. I was on to something, and so you was America. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What uh, what crazy um, sport or hobby are you into since the last time we had you? Because I know we've talked to you in the past about your race car driving and stuff yeah. like that. What are you into right now? Jiu Jitsu. Yeah, you're no yeah, I went back to jujitsu. I've been doing that since 2009. You you, you posted a video the other day of you and Mario Lopez after yeah. 90 minutes of jujitsu. Bean, you follow me? 
I do, he but that's, you too closely. that's a shocking <laughs> amount of jujitsu for an old man. Yeah, and, and, and the next day, I went <laughs> to go to get my, my shoulder uh, sh- uh, surgery. I had shoulder that surgery. That was the very next day. The very next day, and people were like, oh, so Slater kicked your ass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I would have waited two or three days. I mean, that's I probably, know, right? Yeah. I know, I know. But what, no, I, uh, yeah. What's appealing to you about jujitsu? Uh, it's, it's like a, a chess match with a tiger. Um, it really is. It's like uh, I'm going to have to think about that. Yeah, for a try to do a chess yeah. match yeah. with a tiger. Yeah, tigers can't play yeah. chess. Yes, they can. But you don't know anything, man. Tiger Woods. <laughs> That's who I was He's talking about. He's a very about. famous chess, <laughs> chess player. player, right? <laughs> <laughs> But no, well, it's it's just uh, it's it's it kicks your butt and makes you feel super humble. I mean, I I posted a a, a thing on my uh, Instagram. I think they call stories, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I said uh, it was the next day after we got the ratings for the the first week. And I I said um, you know we we were the number one scripted show last night, and I'm gonna go get humbled by doing jujitsu. It just a it just humbles you and kicks your butt at the same time. Gives you a good workout. Sounds hard. Yeah, it no, it's is very hard. Yeah, it yeah. is. The, uh, the show is called The Passage. It airs Monday nights. That's tonight. Nine o'clock on Fox. Watch it. Trust us. You're going to like it. Before you go, Mark Paul, Kevin has 60 seconds worth of questions. He's just going to fire a match. Your first answer that comes to your mind. You ready? Yes. 60 seconds with Mark Paul Gossler. What was your first job? Uh, Smurf clay molding set commercial. <laughs> Dog kisses on the mouth. Yes or no? Mm, as puppies, yes. Do you have a secret talent? No. Toilet paper roll over or under? Over. Of course. God. Did you have obviously. a nickname growing up? Yes. What? You said one answer. You said the first. It was called. Right. Uh, what was, uh, was it? Uh, it was uh, Humpy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Humpy. Humpy. Uh, do you collect anything? No. So what was your nickname growing up? You just said that. <laughs> you say it again. Humpy. That's what I heard you say it again. Humpy. What, what, what's your favorite vampire movie? Uh, what's the one with Gary Oldman? That one. Go ahead. Dracula. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, do you collect anything? No. <laughs> what was your nickname growing up? <laughs> Where are we? Humpy. Run out of questions. <laughs> no, I had plenty. I just wanted to hear him say Humpy some more. Oh, Kevin, you didn't ask what his nickname oh, was growing shoot. up. Oh, God. Oh, I wish no we would have gotten to that I one. I forgot. Uh, yeah, I had... Uh, Humpy, that, why? Uh, well... I'm I'm a son of Dutch immigrants. Okay. My mother is Indonesian. My father's Dutch. Indonesian guys. I'm half Indonesian. Okay. Uh, okay. And I look like a lot like, of humping. I look like Humpty Dumpty. Okay. Oh, growing that's up. Oh. And it, my mom used to call me Humpy because that's how. It is. But, it, but your mom called you that. Humpy. Humpy. Now but we, it's, now it's we know where the low self esteem comes <laughs> from. Yeah. And my dad. My dad had a different nickname for me. What was that? Cuckoo. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. You're lucky you're sitting here today. Yes, sir. Welcome to acting. <laughs> Why'd you get into acting? <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks for the therapy session. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. We were in Atlanta uh, the three days before the Super Bowl, and there's something called Radio Row, which is basically a, a little folding table that they give you and a couple of chairs, and then you bring your own microphone and you interview whoever you can get. That's basically the rule. Uh, while we were doing the show, though, Muggs was holding down the fort. Mm-hmm. And by holding down the fort, I mean he was really bringing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some Australian guys that were interviewing you. Yeah. Who were they? They were uh, two radio hosts uh, in uh, Melbourne, Melbourne, 
from a station called 1116 Sen. And they're, the two hosts are actually former Australian rules football players. Okay. Huh. So they saw me wearing my Rams gear, and they would they hadn't seen any Rams fans all week. We, like the first day Wednesday, there was like nobody in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to, they wanted to get my take on the game and how it was going to go. Croc LA, the Kevin and Bean show, it's massive in LA. And man on the street is Johnny Beermug Cantro, and he joins us. Thank you. You guys, I want to say it's such an <laughs> honor to, to have me on your show. You know, I've never been to Australia. Hold on, wait. Hold on, wait. But it's an honor for them to have you on their show, Mugs? It's an honor to... What I meant to say, it's an honor to be on their show, I that's think, is what, what I meant you, to say. That's not what you said. It's come out that way. <laughs> you know, I've never been to Australia, right. but... I've been very immersed in the culture ever since a young lad. Uh, I had Vegemite when I was in fourth grade, <laughs> and I had a pin, I had a pen pal in Sydney in sixth grade. Okay, See? that is immersed. I'm immersed. Absolutely. Right? Immer- how total that, immersion. How does that help them? All they did was say hello at this point, by the way. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> now you're filibustering. <laughs> Bean, you have Pippa? Can you, uh, yeah, I can, can you play Pippa? Pippa? Because we played this a hundred times, and Muggs thought he would bring it up to these two guys. Yeah. A little uh, heads up. Yeah, <laughs> sure. What a help. Oh, no! So, so describe what happened. So Casey... The, oh, go ahead. Yeah, okay, you, you. you take a mug. So. Okay. Casey the crocodile played with this little dog, this little like Pomeranian dog in Australia near the Adelaide River for years and years and years. And it was a big spectacle. And the crocodile would always be playful with it until one day it wasn't so playful and ate the damn thing. So Muggs brought it up to these guys. Hey, great to have you on. Uh, thanks for giving us a few minutes. Good luck to your team. I hope it all goes well for you. Gary, Tim, Bob, it was a pleasure meeting you. Um, I'm going to make it to your beautiful country one day. Uh, and my condolences to Pippa the dog. You guys heard about Pippa? <laughs> no. no. Pip- Pippa, Pippa was a dog. We don't have a hell of a lot of time, do you, mate? <laughs> Okay, well, Pippa was a dog who was eaten by Casey the crocodile on the Adelaide River. He's dead. So We'll, we'll look it up. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. <laughs> we'll look it up. How did they not hear of it? Who's looking it up less than those guys? Oh, one. I am going to give uh, Muggs the credit here that they should have heard about Yeah. Pippa. Look, if it was a big story in America, it certainly should have been a big story in Australia. Define big story. <laughs> well, yeah, just was saying. it? We made a big deal out of it. They should have heard about <laughs> it. Muggs, who's the Seahawks player that you interviewed? Ricardo who? Ricardo Lockett, former okay. oh, sure. war, uh, ride receiver for the Seattle Seahawks uh, Super Bowl champion. Ricardo, have you experienced any sort of uh, physical ailments from your years playing as wide receiver in the National Football League? The only injury that I have was um, two. I have two injuries. I have um, I broke my neck. And I have a terrible headache coming from the when I, we lost the Super Bowl on the one yard line. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my only two. How many times do people tell you why didn't you give the ball to Marshawn? Uh, just about, I would say 99% of the time we talked about it, including this one. <laughs> right, right, right. Can you imagine being Poor one of those players? Guy. Now, who did he win a Super Bowl with? With what? the Seahawks. Seahawks. Yeah, he won the year before. He won the year oh, before. Oh, got yeah. it, got it. Um, and then the Seahawks were, you know, five seconds away from winning that one. Back to he back. Was, mm-hmm. I will remind you that he was the intended receiver yep. for that Russell Wilson Oof. pass until oh, Malcolm oh, Butler man. jumped in front of him and grabbed the ball. That so it has got to be especially painful for Ricardo. Super nice guy. Then Mug sat down with Kenny Mayne. They had Eisen on yesterday, and I'm gonna, I was thinking, who am I going to get to compete with my bosses? Okay, so he's talking about me and Bean. <laughs> we talked to Rich Eisen, and for some reason, Muggs feels the reason to b- bring that up to Kenny Maine 
so that he can top us? Was it like an old sports center thing you were going for? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. They had Eisen on yesterday, and I'm, I was thinking, who am I going to get to compete with my bosses? None other than you. Oh, so they, I see. They're your bosses, and they have somewhat of a competing show. Yeah, well, I'm on their show. Okay. But they usually get the, the big... show's garbage, guys. <laughs> <laughs> they usually get the big interviews, yeah. and I'm stuck, you know, getting the scraps. Gotcha. But not the case right now. Kenny, nice to meet you. Um, how much How much football have you talked this weekend? None. <laughs> Almost none. <laughs> the kind of question he is, is how much football ass. have you talked this weekend? <laughs> a little behind the scenes, by the way. I, I, kept, I kept the poor man waiting because my, this recording device that, was that I had. poor man? Poor man was there? <laughs> wow. No. no. He had, I, the device we were recording on start, decided to shut down mm-hmm. as we're ready to do the interview. So he's sitting there. I'm like, oh, Mr. Man, I'm really sorry, dude. I, he, it was he, tremendous to watch because then Muggsy. He needed new batteries and somebody had to oh go get new batteries. God. Then he had to restart it, and it took literally five <sighs> to seven minutes. Oh, no. And Kenny Main was just so patient and so, so patient. nice, just standing oh. there waiting for you to get your yeah. ass together. I, I was so embarrassed was, for you. Yeah. Uh, who Who is Natrell uh, Jamerson playing Natrell, for? Natrell Jamerson is on the Green Bay Packers now. Okay. Mm-hmm. What was it like going to Wisconsin and being drafted fifth, right? Fifth pick by the Green Bay Packers, man. <laughs> Actually, I got drafted by the Saints. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> really? I didn't know that. No. You believe it or not. Now, Muggs, this is the final <laughs> clip. Uh, Muggs loved Warren Sapp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Yeah. Because of this. A lot of NFL players walking around right now. I've seen Chad Ochocinco roll by, James Harrison. But one guy that caught my eye that I saw here yesterday was one Warren Sapp. And growing up, I, I respected him, liked him as a football player. Uh, he was a, a great defensive end. I mean, I mean, just how, I don't know how many sacks he had ever. Got into some trouble. Still liked him. You know, had blew all his money. Still liked him. Can you stop for a second? You know. Who's he monologuing to here? I'm not <laughs> sure. Is he in an open mic? This was an introspect. <laughs> this was an introspective. Because he certainly has beer- an awful lot to say to an audience of zero. <laughs> a beer mug introspective. I will tell you that Warren Sapp is not there. So <laughs> okay. if you're waiting for an answer from him, it's not going to come up. Okay. Blew all his money. Still liked him. You know? But. But. What do you think Muggs is going to say? Uh, I, I would can't. assume he didn't stop and talk to him. Okay, Bean. Because that is what, that is the thing at Radio Row where you see people and you try right. to get them and sometimes right. they can't because they're going somewhere else. Right. Bean? I'll, I'll, I'll go with Allie. I think that makes the most sense, yeah. I thought it would be a good idea to maybe try to ask for a picture with him. And uh, he was walking in. I mean, he was literally two inches away from me, chatting up with people and walking by. I go, oh, Mr. Sepp, do you think I can get a picture? Straight up, no. <laughs> Listen to how mad Muggs is. Yeah, well, you do see all the signs in there that say no autographs, no pictures. Does never nothing ever said no pictures. Uh, it only said no autographs. Okay, okay, but shouldn't Warren Sapp say no to you? I mean, to me, that's the right answer. Look. You can say no to anybody you want, but it would have taken one second. Oh, I've seen you take selfies. Day. Look, the, 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 the Baker, Baker Mayfield, Mayfield thing was a totally different thing. All right, let's thing. finish. Let's finish because I want you guys to hear the anger in Muggs' voice. I got to go to work. Didn't say anything. Looked at my man Tanner. And I was like, well, I used to like Warren Sapp. So long story short, Warren Sapp's a dick. There you go. 
Yeah. He's a dick. Right. No. <laughs> what? It's the Kevin and Bean Show. Hey, Rock. And now, a moment with Beer Mug at the big game. And uh, Atlanta has, uh, this is my first time in Atlanta. They've been, the welcoming committee has been so great. Uh, and, you know, everybody sees the girly jersey. And yeah. They're it's, it's Bulldog that, fans. It's a Southern hospitality, It's man. that Southern hospitality. Yeah. Something that Los Angeles is lacking. That was a moment with Beer Mug at the big game. You know, he's not wrong. He is not California no, no. does not have a lot of Southern hospitality. Right. Get what he's going for. Can't Muggs live in Atlanta and just file those reports every day? I'd be a fan of that. Yeah. Like, why did we bring him back? He's That's doing the best question. work of his career. <laughs> Uh, that's a tough. That's really a tough call. Yeah. I know the oh, best yeah. work of his career. Ali is here with our final look at what's happening here on this Monday morning Kevin and Bean show. You guys, NBC is teaming up with the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival for a comedy competition series being dubbed "Bring the Funny." It's going to feature stand-up and a star-studded panel of judges. Comedian Amanda Seals will host, and the judges include noted uh, notable. Funny lady, Chrissy Teigen. What? I mean, from her tweets, like, okay. Keenan Thompson. Very funny. Very funny. Jeff Foxworthy. Funny. I mean, definitely going for a demographic there. Wow. I mean, all three of them are famous for their bubbly personalities. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know what I mean? They're they're upbeat, personable people. Well, those sound like good choices. All right. Well, unlike previous comedy competitions like Last Comic Standing, this series will, quote, embrace every style of comedy in one competition, from solo comics to sketch troops to musicians, magicians, podcasters, puppeteers, YouTubers, and more. Huh? Had podcasters gonna be boring TVs? <laughs> I'm saying. I'm gonna say the same thing I said about the world's uh, greatest or whatever mm-hmm. that show was that debuted after the Super Bowl last night. I don't need any more amateur talent competitions at all. Okay. All at right. all. You're out. I'm completely out. Okay. I do like the idea that this show was cast with diversity in mind. Keenan Thompson, Chrissy Teigen, Amanda Seals, all people of color, and then mm-hmm. they were like, "How are we gonna? We're we gonna level this out." Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> <laughs> we got to make sure that white hick demographic gets checked. There you go. Ugh. Contestants vying for a $250,000 prize package. Show is casting now, if you're interested. There you have it, everybody. Give me Luda. <laughs> maybe, maybe Luda will be on. We just don't know. So according to Variety and confirmed by Entertainment Weekly, that show about goop? Yep. It's a go, you guys. Really? It's going to be be on Netflix. It's going to consist of 30-minute episodes hosted by Goop's editors, their chief content officer, and Gwyneth Paltrow. They're going to have experts, doctors, researchers examining issues relating to physical and spiritual wellness. I think all of us really want to know why. Mm -hmm. How about this quote? Gwyneth is a highly visual, tactile person. The quality of everything that we produce is very important to her. She's always looking for white space. (laughs) Highly tactile white space. That's Mm, what I look for in a TV show, guys. I'll tell you, with Gwyneth Paltrow, they're going to get a whole lot of white space. It's a lot of white space. (laughs) A lot of white space. Do do, do we need all of that? I I don't don't think so. Yeah. Although I, I have to laugh at this article because it says the deal includes Goop's podcast signing an exclusive distribution deal with Delta Airlines where it will find potential listeners trapped for hours in a confined <laughs> space. Ouch. I mean, so Goop coming to, to Netflix, guys. 
Give me Luda. Give me Luda. I'd watch a show just with Luda. Absolutely. So this Pete Davidson and Kate Beckinsale story seems to be that they are casually dating at this point. They were seen canoodling after the Golden Globes and now just this past week in L.A., holding hands, her covering her face. She says, She's or they to say, be with him. <laughs> from the paparazzi or that she was holding hands with Pete Davidson. But I think it's I think it's something we should ask our listeners. Are we just missing it? Are we missing the hotness that is Pete Davidson? I don't know. I mean, clearly we are. No. He's just a wounded bird. People like wounded birds. Well, we like to try and fix people. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. I don't know. Bean, are you attracted to Pete Davidson? Um, no, not mm-hmm. at all. And I don't see his appeal not only as a boyfriend, but as a television personality. He's supposedly very, very good in the new Sundance movie that they uh, debuted last week. All right. Well, maybe he's a better actor than he is a sketch comedy player. Well, well. I just don't see what he does on SNL except play himself being depressed. You know what I mean? They trot him out every week just to talk about his, you know, breaking up with Ariana Grande or almost committing suicide. I mean, that's really what he's there for is just to keep you updated on his life rather than bring something on the show for the listeners, for the viewers, I mean. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, they've put him in a real corner there. Bean hates him. I don't at all. I'm I'm sure he's a very nice guy. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a, he doesn't, he's a weird fit on that show, Mm -hmm. I guess is what I'm saying. Got it. All right. This, this story is just bizarre to me. Rapper 21 Savage was arrested by ICE agents in Atlanta yesterday. Authorities claiming he's actually from the UK and has overstayed his welcome. Apparently he came to the US legally in July of 2005, but has overstayed that visa, which Yes, that absolutely does happen. But when in October 2014, he was convicted on felony drug charges in Georgia, there was no like nothing that came across the computer. Like, hey, by the way, he's not a citizen. citizen, Came here in July 2005. It's all very, very odd. Very odd. It is odd. And I wonder if. He had tickets to the Super Bowl, and they and they nabbed him like they couldn't have waited three hours to let him see the game first. Well, we saw ICE agents all weekend. Yes, yeah, or all yeah. week really. Mm-hmm. We saw them just kind of roaming the streets, and yeah. I thought it was weird then. It, it's a uh, it's a weird. It was place also to weird see how many agents. Coast Guard agents there were too. By the way, the whole thing was a little in strange. Atlanta. Yeah, I, I know that it was you know the high priority Homeland Security. You know, we're making sure everything's going to stay safe for the Super Bowl, but the Coast Guard was there. Yeah. Oh, that's where a lot of bad stuff happens. The, yeah. The water ports. Atlanta could not be further from the water. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That is that is odd. I have to say, though, Ice had some really adorable dogs. We they talked really about did. this earlier. Yeah. Border collies, right? Yeah. So all, all sorts of different dogs. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the point of the story, but boy. Good boys. Ellie tried to pet all of them, and she almost got kicked out of the country. Well, I I know that they're working dogs, and I shouldn't pet them. So I would say, I want to pet you so bad, just so the dog knows I want to pet them. But I know I can't. Oh, so you would tell the dog that? I would tell them. I see. But it was weird when we were leaving Radio Row, and I said that to one of the dogs, and he immediately lunged at my purse to start smelling it. And I had that immediate fear, like, oh... We've talked about this. I don't have drugs on me. Do but I my have immediate, heroin? My immediate thought was, do I have heroin in my purse? <laughs> Obviously I don't, but that's so something that just happens immediately to people that aren't normal, like me. Sure. Don't pet dogs when they're working, I guess is what I'm saying. They were all beautiful, though. They were beautiful they really dogs, were. especially that one. It was like a black lab when we were coming out. Do you guys remember that one? 
Nah, but it's yes, cool. Yes, yes. It's cool. Uh, you think you have to be a good-looking dog, dog to get those gigs? <laughs> like, you know what? Pretty ugly dog. Let's move on. He's got the talent to get there, but right. his looks are awful. Sure so what's with that droopy eye, dog? Yeah. Beat, beat it, dog. He can find heroin from 500 yards, but he looks like crap. He so is he's not, not hired. Yeah. I'm just saying, I just really like looking at those dogs. Mm-hmm. Some birthdays for you. Rob Corddry, Oscar De La Hoya. Alice Cooper, Hannibal Burris, and Noodles from The Offspring. F- that guy. What, what, what do you need him for? Well, we need he's him because he's... not telling the truth. He was out getting high, stealing a car, laying out on the beach, smoking pot. I mean, that does sound like Noodles, actually. <laughs> Nobody gives a crap! Everybody cares about Noodles. He is a sucker what well i mean listen i don't know he's a great guy and we all love him i'd like to just end it on that one i think we should and that's what's happening uh if you missed any part of today's show you could get the entire show on today's kevin and bean podcast at krock.com or radio.com tomorrow morning an all-new kevin and bean show we have animal stories we have Haley Joel Osment stopping by. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and we have tickets to Muse as well tomorrow. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Long story short, Warren Sapp's a dick. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.